Hey there, I'm Matt. I'm Jesse. And I'm Ivana. And we're a full-time RV family. A couple years ago, we sold everything and moved our family of three into an RV. And that's been one of the best decisions we've ever made. However, it did come with a very steep learning curve. So we're here to share our stories, tips, and tricks for living life on the road. We're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and the black tank. Ew, Daddy! This is Recreational Variables. Why, it's a happy road that I'm Traveling on, I just can't help myself. You got me singing out a happy song since your sun came shining. I know it won't be long until your happy road is taking me home. So, with the nachos, is the soggy chip a good thing? In the nachos, uh, I think you need to have a balance. Some soggy, some soggy chips are okay, but. Not all soggy chips and not no soggy chips. So the problem with my nachos tonight is all the dry chips all on the bottom with no toppings on them and then just toppings on the top. And they didn't melt the cheese, so there were zero soggy chips. See, I'm okay with crunchy chips. Oh, me all, too. All, all around. But like There's got to be a around. balance for nachos. I think the best soggy chip in a nacho should be when it's just slathered yeah. in guacamole and sour cream. Oh, see, I like the soggy chip that is co- covered in its entirety in cheese and beans and meat and everything and like the entire chip is like five times its normal weight. <laughs> That's my favorite chip. That's a good chip. Yeah. I don't like the soggy chip from condensation, but I don't think anybody else does either. No. No. And nachos don't keep well the next day, so, you know. Yeah, it's definitely not a leftover. I mean, there's not too many times where I think we've gone out where we've said, oh, could I get a box for my nacho? Yeah. Because, one, we completely obliterate nachos when we get them. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, And and two. And then whatever's left is like, eh. Yeah. Don't really want to take that Tastes like crap. Yeah. It doesn't taste like crap. It's just not, you know, it's not the best part of the nacho. We already ate all the best part of the nacho. That's true. Okay, I'm going to spin the wheel. Oh, yes, let's spin that wheel. Let's do it. Ah, so we are on RV dry camping tips. RV dry camping tips. I have so many mixed emotions about this one. Yeah, well, what is dry camping? Dry camping is... um, like boondocking. Well, then what is boondocking? Yeah. Boondocking is a place that you're set up at and or dry camping. It's a place you're set up at with uh, no amenities. <laughs> yeah, no Besides p- maybe a beautiful view or a nice little stream or yeah. nothing. But there's no power. There's no sewer. There's no water. Yeah. How does one survive without life's necessities? You basically well, have just what you what you bring with you. And again, it's like that line in Spaceballs, bring only what you need to survive. Yes. And that, I mean, that could be a tip. We didn't, you know. Well, that that could have been the bonus tip. That could have been the bonus tip. That is the bonus tip. There you go. We gave it to you first. It's like like 10 10 10, tips. Yeah. Just real quickly after we spun that wheel and found out what the topic was, I just really quickly wrote up 10 areas with ways that you can make dry camping easier. Yeah, and we just gave you a bonus one. So And a bonus one, yeah. Already got a bonus one. We're super efficient today. You know, so, I, I think the point of, of dry camping and, and boondocking is to enjoy your time, spend as much time out there away mm-hmm. from everybody on this like crazy land, Yeah. Um, but also 
conserve as much power, conserve as much water, yeah, uh, and and food as yeah. as long as you can. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you want to go out and enjoy where you're at. You don't want to have to be running in for supplies, and so you have to live in a way that conserves your power and your water, and doesn't fill up your black and gray tanks because otherwise you're going to have to. Um, go find a place to dump them or, you know, cut your time short. That's not, that's not cool. That's no fun. Yeah. So let's, let's think about this. You and I, we sat down, let's uh, say we had nice nacho in our RV while we've been boon talking. Now we have dishes. We're talking about conserving water. That does two things. You got to keep your tanks from filling up too fast and you got to make your fresh water last longer because if you're boon docking, you more than likely brought whatever fresh water um, you brought it with you. So with dishes, um, our best tips for that are to, you know, you can use paper plates and bowls when possible. Um, and if you, if you don't like using paper plates, I, I get it. Um, then with your dishes that you bring, you want to wipe the dishes down and scrape the food off without water first. I recommend using a bin or a container to wash. If you have to wash dishes, that way you can just, you can Fill it up with water, use that water first, um, and you, you really don't want to leave your tap running because mm-hmm. you're going to fill your tanks, you're going to run out of water. Use or, paper plates and just scrape off as much of the leftover food as possible before you even start yeah. washing and then get a bin. And, yeah, and, use a bin. That way, the amount of water you, you're using is is limited. There you go. So then on that water subject... You're gonna, you might want to take showers depending on how You might want to freshen up after your nacho, yeah. after your paper plate nacho. Yeah. So what, what do you do? Well, there's these things called Navy showers. But uh, you hop in the shower and you just turn the water on really quick, turn it off, lather yourself up with soap, turn it back on, rinse off as quick as possible. Yeah. And then same with, with uh, shampoo. That's if there's no public facilities. It's possible to be in a place dry camping where there are public facilities mm-hmm. at you know certain campgrounds um so by all means use those when you can and, and use them to use the bathroom too even you know I mean, we'll get into that the whole point of the navy shower is you just you don't you're not letting that water run again running water is your enemy when you're dry camping so you know other things you can do if you if you can get by without a shower shower you can just try using things like baby wipes or those large body wipes or even you know use a washcloth to freshen up dry shampoo you know you may not feel as fresh as you normally would but you know you're probably out in the middle of nowhere so most likely do you really care i mean you're you're camping so and i guess the goal is to smell slightly better than your neighbor (laughs) and if you can do that with a large body wipe then by all means you know smell good enough that your family wants to still be around you that's my goal. Depending who your family is, yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, if you're RVing, I would assume that you want to be around your family because there's really That's no true. no getting around that. Speaking of freshness and family, <laughs> let's talk about toilets. Toilets, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you can consider you can buy a camp toilet or do it like a composting toilet. What's the difference between a camp toilet and a composting? So a camp toilet, um, they make different kinds, but basically you're gonna go in like a bag of some sort they have uh this like powder that you can add and it it like turns stuff into gel it turns liquids into gel and basically you just you know line 
whatever you're using as a camp toilet with some kind of bag. And then after anybody goes, you tie it up and you save it to throw out. I'm assuming there's not going to be a garbage that close to you if Mm -hmm, you're dry camping. mm -hmm. But if there is, then go throw it out right away. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Um, And then a composting toilet, um, there's a couple different ways to do that. If you all, if you're blessed enough to already have like a nature's head composting toilet, cool, good for you. Those are very handy. We hear great things about them. Um, when we lived off grid for four months, we personally used the bucket method. And uh, do you want to explain the bucket method? Yeah, the bucket uh, is a Home Depot bucket or Lowe's bucket or any yeah. type of five you know gallon five gallon ish type of bucket. But you pretty much use that as your toilet. And I know just right off the bat, it sounds really gross. However, um, the the concept of this is you get a big bucket and you get pine pellets. Um, I think that's like, what, yeah, what they're, we use. They're, they're pine pellets. Um, you can get sawdust, but pine pellets turn basically turn into pine Yeah, we, we, we found that, that pine pellets worked. They worked a, really well. A, a lot better. Um, and there's a little concoction you can do. You can take the pine pellets um, and... Mix them with water. Yeah, mix it with water and shake it up. And it turns to, like Jesse said, like sawdust, sawdust. And you would put that in the bottom of your bucket. And then, um, and first you line you line the bucket. We right. lined our buckets with compostable bags, and then just every time you go, you cover it up like a kind of like a litter box. Yeah, you um, scoop more yeah. of the uh, sawdust and type of stuff. I in know there. it's like when someone describes it, like when we would describe it to people, and you would see their face just drop, like they were like, "That sounds." Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> and it's weird because it, usually it wasn't until somebody would actually do it, that they'd be like, oh, that's not as bad as I thought yeah, it was. Yeah, it's not and bad. also, I think it's important to say there are like toilet seats that you can buy mm-hmm. that fit on the top of five-gallon buckets. So it's more like sitting on the toilet. They, they are of, made for buckets. Yeah. So you don't have to like squat over a bucket. I mean, you could. If you wanted to. But yeah. you don't have to. Yep. Um, but and no, then, you, you can sit comfortably on the bucket, honestly, and, yeah. and just do your business. And, and they, they hold they hold a good amount of weight. Um, so you don't have to worry about it breaking underneath you. And then, of course, boys boys have to pee outside. But us guys would uh, go uno, if, numero if, uno outside. Yeah, if yep. there's enough privacy. If there's right. not enough privacy, right. then, you know. Again, be neighborly. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, if you're boondocking, hopefully you've got some good privacy. But you can also get a privacy tent. They have to make these ones that uh, you just kind of, they just kind of pop up. You don't have to really set them up. You Once they come out of their packaging, they just, like... It's almost like magic. They just poof. Yeah, you, you, you can a, literally throw it up in the air. And yeah, and then take it shape. turns into a privacy tent. And it's so. got anchors. You can anchor it to a tree or the ground or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so it and, won't blow. Because yeah. you don't want to blow it away, especially when you got to use it. Yeah. You don't want to see your toilet blown away. And that that's the thing. A little side note about all these all these uh, dry camping tips. These are things that we have done mm-hmm. because we did live um, off-grid completely. For four months. For four months. We're, we practice what we preach here. Yeah. You know, um, So we, we've done these things yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that about covers water. So that, that's a big one. And the next thing is saving power. If you're boondocking, dry camping, you're probably not going to be using your microwave because uh, that takes a lot or, uh, you know, your foodie or, or pressure cooker. Um, it's just going to zap your be- your batteries unless you happen to have so a really good solar setup or your generator running if you have those things. 
Um, I mean, I would recommend to have at least one of the, either a solar or a generator if you're going to dry camp, but you don't necessarily have to if you're very, mm-hmm. like, resourceful. resourceful. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't mind, like, really roughing it. That's cool. Um, so, you know, with food, we recommend lots of non-perishables. Um, we do have a pretty robust solar setup, but at night, you know, we're running a TV. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would cook with the pressure cooker or the microwave. Um, and you know, our batteries would just go down and then we would find that as we slept overnight, we would just run out of power. And, um, we found that if we switched our fridge to propane, it gave our batteries just enough juice to usually last through the night. So it was like that last little mm-hmm. thing. Um, and so, and as far as cooking goes, so since you don't want to use the microwave, the, the pressure cooker, um, you can pre-cook things and bring them with you. Um, and then you can use an outdoor griddle or a fire pit in order to save power and, and or your, your cooking. inside stove if you're, if you yeah, choose if, to if cook you have a propane, inside. Yeah, yeah, if you have a propane stove inside, then you can use that. Yeah, Not everybody yeah. likes to cook inside their RV. Right, right. We live full time, so I don't really see it as an option to only cook outside because especially in the weather we've been having oh my goodness yeah Yeah. so devices that that's another thing that can suck up uh yeah a a lot of power and i know we kind of touched on a little bit a a few devices some things that um you you may want to consider is um you know how much your tv is on or uh, like me i i work from home video editing and stuff like that so my computer's running quite a bit uh even multiple computers at times and uh hard drives and stuff like that that does suck up a lot of power so if you're not using it maybe power those down mm-hmm. you know un- again unless you have a good solar setup um or or generator but if you don't have those things you may want to consider getting an external battery source i think called the ninja bat yeah, or, I don't or something know if, like that i don't know if it's the same as the i don't know if it's the well, same brand but it, it's called a ninja bat either way it's another ninja product. it's another ninja yeah Hi. We love ninjas. We do. I always wanted to be a ninja, yeah. and I've let you down all these years by not being a ninja. Oh, trust me, that's okay. Instead, I'm a video editor. <laughs> <laughs> but like the Ninja Bat uh, <clears throat> and other devices like it, uh, I've read reviews where people can run a CPAP or other devices overnight because that could be something you worry about if mm-hmm. if you have a CPAP machine or something that needs power overnight and having an external source might be a good backup. Moving on to talking about a generator, it's cheaper than getting solar. They're easier to come by. You know, you probably want to conserve gas and run it only when you need it. So you can run it long enough to charge up your batteries, to charge any devices, run your AC while it's on if you happen to be camping while it's hot because you're you're not going to be able to run your AC if you don't have your generator or solar, um, you know, and just be be aware of people around you and the noise that the generator emits because, you know, there's you might be out in a pretty peaceful, quiet place and you don't want to be the person that's running their generator twenty four seven. And yeah. yeah, I mean, even, even if you're out on on B, BLM land, yeah, and you don't have another neighbor maybe a hundred yards from you, yeah, that generator is still gonna make a lot of noise yeah the noise you know? carries mm-hmm. out especially out out there you know a little sure bit because yeah. yeah. we, we were on five acres we could hear the neighbor on the next five acre plot we could hear his generator mm-hmm. when he would run it and, you know he didn't run it 24 7 but in the morning we always knew when he was up because he was running his generator yeah. bring extra five gallon gas or diesel cans for your generator depending yeah. if it's gas or diesel um at least one should should do the trick to help get that fired up 
Um, I know it sounds like bringing all these extra things, but if you are dry camping or boondocking, it is so important to have. Um, and then, of course, when you're out, you want to you wanna make sure your first aid uh, is covered. And so best thing you can do is before you leave, make sure that your first aid kit is stocked up. You have all your essentials and have a plan for emergencies. Mm-hmm. So you're going to want to think about what kind of cell phone service you might have. And if you don't have cell phone service, what's your backup plan? Is there going to be like a ranger station nearby that you could go to in an emergency? Uh, do you want to consider having some kind of emergency device? Like I know they make like kind of satellite emergency beacons and things like that. So just, you know, depending how far out you're going to be, what your comfort level is, just make sure you have a plan. And I, I would add to the first aid kit, depending on the environment you're, you're going to be in. I know here in Arizona, uh, make sure you have a like an anti-venom kit for right. snake bites. Um, I, I know they make these like suction cup things. Yeah. You know, Although I um, don't know. I've, I've heard both. I've heard those pros work. And cons. I've heard pros and cons about those. You know, also, you know, protection stuff against um, scorpions, snakes, spiders, yeah. different things like that. Well, Just yeah, look, be, be aware of your Yeah, look, look into like what what you're going to expect in your area on top of just the the cortisone cream or something or band-aids or yeah and being prepared also a helpful tip when dry camping number eight drinking water Mm -hmm. um you know uh, you're going to fill up your fresh water tank you want to conserve that for maybe flushing toilets depending how long you're going to be dry camping taking showers stuff like that so maybe bring you know, uh, gallons of water for you, for, for your drinking, uh, mm-hmm. or at least have some extra on the side in case something were to happen. Last thing you want to do is run out of water. We also have the, these bladders, mm-hmm. um, that you can, um, you know, throw them back in your truck or your car or something like that. Go to a station, fill up the bladder with water. It's like a big hot water bottle. Yeah. I think the one we have is like 60 gallons, yeah, 60 but when gallons. it's, when it's empty, it's like it's nothing. paper thin. It's yeah. paper thin. Yep. So, and so that this thing expands, and then uh, you will need some sort of water pump to get it from the bladder to your fresh water tank. Unless to, you can use gravity or siphon it. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on your skill level. Pump. You know, I mean, if you want to siphon it, go for it, MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> that was the sweetest thing you've ever said to me. Yeah. yeah. Next thing would be warmth. Bundle up as much as you can, have extra blankets. Um, consider getting this. They have those cold weather sleeping bags. Um, consider putting those actually on the beds. Uh, mm-hmm. Those can help really keep the heat in. Um, and that's just by by bundling up and using more blankets instead of using your heat as much. That's going to help you conserve propane and it's going to help you conserve your power overnight because you'll be able to turn your thermostat down a little bit so that it doesn't kick on quite as much. Along with the warmth thing. Yeah. You should also prepare, yes, have all the blankets and stuff like that, but you should also prepare for freak weather. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it, that's becoming more and more common these days. You know, one day over, over the weekend, it was 75 degrees or something like yeah. that. And literally a couple of days later, like out of nowhere, we're getting 50 mile an hour winds. We're getting all this crazy rain. Yeah. Um, just prepare for that stuff. Yeah. Even though if you think you may not need it, Maybe consider bringing something um, yeah. for some of those elements that could sneak up on you. Yeah. Um, and always, if you're out in the middle of nowhere, beware of flash floods, wherever you're at. Yeah. That's something that can sneak up on you. Yeah. Um, even if it's not raining where you're at, it could be raining 100 miles away. That water yeah. can come down those um, 
those ravines and yeah. stuff like that. So that's um, another bonus tip. Look at so. that. Two bonuses. Yeah. I am so excited. And then on to our, our tenth and final Although tip. we've been talking about all this freaky, crazy yeah. stuff. Don't Look, be scared, but Yeah. Don't freak out if or when you run out of power. Um, try to embrace it. Know that you'll be okay. Uh, you ha- just like when power runs out in a house, you're gonna have make sure you have some candles, flashlights, have some non-tech things on hand to stay busy and keep your mind off of it. Um, we ran out of power quite often when we were off grid, um, and most often when we ran out of power, it was uh, because it had been overnight and the sun had not charged. You know, through our solar via our solar, the sun had not charged it enough. And sure, if we really needed power, we could run our generator. And, you know, sometimes we did run it first thing um, so that we could turn on computers if we had work to do or things like that. But for the most part, we kind of just embraced it and realized, like, it's okay. We, you know, we can survive. It's really not that big of a deal. At first, it it was an inconvenience, but we realized it was a pretty mild inconvenience. We still had shelter. We bundled up. Uh, Because it it was very cold. Mm -hmm. Um, And we could still, even with the power out, we could still use our propane stove. So we could still heat up water for coffee. So, you know, that kept me from freaking out. That's right. Yeah. If if you don't have coffee in the morning, it it can be scary. Bonus, bonus, bonus tip. That is true. Have coffee. Bring coffee. But, you know, I mean, this, a lot of this stuff applies to if you're, if you're on your own land or a person, someone else's piece of land, you know, like maybe a friend or family member has land and mm-hmm. you're going to be dry camping for a while. This all applied to our our lives when mm-hmm. we were off grid. We have done all of these things. Once again, we, we, have. we have. We have. And, you know, for some, they love dry camping and boondocking. They get a thrill out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had my fill of it. <laughs> yeah, more power to, uh, to those of you who live off grid all the time. I mean, yep. that is, that takes some serious dedication and Bravo. And skill, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know, I, I think we'll throw up some pictures, yeah, about pro- some, some of these things we, we've talked about, so you guys can see kind of our our setup and, yeah. and where we were on on the land. I and- might even have pictures somewhere of I actually I built a toilet to go over the bucket so that it had a real toilet seat, not just the bucket toilet seat. Mm-hmm. So it felt more like a real toilet. Um, I might have some pictures of that. I would love to see those again. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you again for for your time, for listening. We really do appreciate it. What pieces of the pie can we add to the wheel of topic? Yeah. We want to hear from you. Yeah. Our wheel wheel can feel a little sparse at times. So, you know, thanks for listening. Check out uh, our website, recvariables.com. Recvariables.com. I love it when you say that. Yeah. And uh, new episodes every Friday. We'll see you. Bye. Oh, yes, your happy road is... Taking the sunshine